Tonight, I want to share with you the message I believe the Lord gave me, except your calling. All of you are called. Did you know that? God's touched you and laid his hand on you and ministered in and through you. And our text is found in Exodus, the second chapter, uh, verse number one and through 25. And uh, uh, let me let this resonate. No one is without purpose, whether you're a believer or not. No one is without purpose. Every person you know has purpose. Each of us happened to be created for God's pleasure. When Garden of uh, when the the Garden of Eden, of course, Jesus or God was there, and His desire was to fellowship with Adam and Eve. And to enjoy that fellowship together. But you know that sin came in the camp. And, and it separated that wonderful relationship that God desired with those two individuals. Well, when Jesus established the church, after he dealt with sin, that was what Easter was all about. Jesus took the sin of the whole world on his shoulder, came out of the grave. Three days later, and now we find, if you read in the book of Acts, the second chapter, he established the church. Now, that doesn't mean that he threw out an architectural drawing of different temples and synagogues and sanctuaries. It means he established the church, and the church was established in you and me, his creation, the purpose and presence of God. So even though we're not able to meet, not able to meet in the sanctuary as we've been accustomed to, you are still there. You are still the church. You are still resonating with the power and the presence of God. And from the very beginning of time, it was God's desire to have pleasure and purpose in our lives. Well, you see, we know that as we live this life representing God, being the church, we know that when God established the church, he called all of us to be in charge. Now, I don't mean, okay, well, I'm in charge of this or I'm in charge of that. No, he called all of us to be in charge of the message. Go ye into all the world and preach and teach the gospel. Bear the witness of Christ. Take up your cross. Take charge of your own life spiritually and make it happen. So I want you to be encouraged tonight don't let this, uh, this situation that we're in now stop you from meeting the purpose that God has created you for. And if you stand up in boldness and in prayer and say, God, what is it that I can do during this time when others might be afraid? How can I share the love of Jesus Christ? Every time, don't overlook Every time God manifests his power and his presence, he did it through you and me. He didn't do it through an empty sanctuary. He did it through you and me. We are the church. Well, the enemy is aware of that. That's why we have so many problems. You see, the enemy liked to stop us. He liked for us to get discouraged and depressed and filled with anxiety. He liked for us to be kind of half throttle and try to slow us down. He's already thinking, boy, people won't return to church once they get used to just staying home and not having to have that in their schedule. I got to tell you something. The devil is a liar. Say that with me. The devil is a liar. Why? Because the church belongs to Almighty God. Somebody out there say amen. Well, how do we take our potential 
and our purpose, since we are purpose-driven, how do we take that and use it for the glory of God? Well, let me first say, you are special. Now, if you got somebody watching with you, just say it to them. You are special. Just kind of point your finger. You are special. If you're by yourself, kind of hug yourself and say, I am special. Let me get into, uh, let me get into the Scripture here that will emphasize that. Exodus 2, verse number 2. And she, she, Jochebed, that was Moses' mother. I'm grateful my mother was not named Jochebed, my friend. And she became pregnant, gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. He is our example in this message tonight. God had a plan many years after the birth of Moses for Moses to accomplish and that purpose-driven life God had for him. Here's another version. It's the NIV in Acts 7.20. At the time Moses was born, he was no ordinary child. Now, I, I pause on that because I've, I've got a lot of questions about a lot of people. So you're just not ordinary. Well, I told that to somebody uh, not long ago, and I said, you're just not ordinary. You know what they said? Thank you, Pastor. I'm extraordinary. Don't you like that? Come back. I thought that was great. But he was no ordinary child, and for three months he was cared for in his father's house. Okay, this is a critical situation. He declares no ordinary child, and often in life we forget that we were created by God for a distinct purpose. And every creation of God is unique. Whether you're a follower of Christ or not, whether you're filled with faith or filled with fear, you were uniquely created by God. During the time frame when Moses was born, God's people had been in slavery for many, many, many years. They were being massively abused. Pharaoh desired that all the male Hebrew children, that they be annihilated and killed. He wanted to do away with them. There was a lot of oppression because he was working the people of God in a harsh way. Everywhere they turned, there was zero hope. And the number of Hebrews, population-wise in Egypt, was outrunning the population of the Egyptians. And that made Pharaoh very nervous. And so those were the circumstances of Moses' birth. And Pharaoh had decided, I'm going to do something about this dilemma. And he made it more and more difficult. But listen now. God had a plan. Say that with me. God had a plan. Now listen carefully. It does not matter how difficult things are. It does not matter what the media does not matter. I'm here to tell you, God has a plan. God has a plan for you and your spiritual maturity. God has a plan for your protection. God has a plan for your spiritual growth. God has a plan to create new life in you and your family if you just believe that and trust the Lord. So we can honestly say that Moses was a very special child. 
Well, there's some things that I've learned in life, no matter how much you might pump yourself up and, and you might say, I'm special, I'm extraordinary, I got, I got all kind of faith. Here's what I know about the culture and the world in which we live. Number one, the world will beat you down. Circumstances will just hammer you in the ground. Not only that, life will mold you or break you. But here's the good news. You get to choose. You get to choose whether or not this kind of a circumstance is going to mold you into a stronger, more mature believer or whether it's going to break you. Not only that, few people have goals in their lives. Goal is important. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to manage it. Far too many people look back instead of forward. And many people allow the past part of their life to control the potential of achievement for their future. In other words, they still look back to the failure, to the mistakes, to the difficulties, to those things, to the nightmares, and that's what they continually dwell on instead of saying, I need to get a fresh mind, I need to get a fresh perspective from God. And many people don't feel loved unconditionally. Loved, and he, Jesus, loves us unconditionally without a doubt. Finally, self-confidence is based on what I have more than who I am. Who are you? Well, let's go back. You are special. Let's go back. You were created in the image of God. Let's go back. Your mom and dad may have been the tools that God used, but God created you so that you can have purpose today, no matter where you are and no matter what you're doing. And as a result of that, many people have chosen simply to survive instead of thrive. So in this situation today, right here, Wednesday night, what are you going to do? What's your family going to do? Have you chosen in your spiritual life through this wonderful opportunity and challenge that God has given us? You say, well, I'm, I'm just going to survive. That's one mindset. Are you going to say, you know what, God? I'm going to believe that there's something that's going to happen special through this process, and I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to increase my prayer life, I want to increase my fasting, I want to increase my faith, I want to take advantage. I don't intend to just survive. I'm going to thrive from the inside out. You see, you're no accident. You're not a mistake. You're gloriously and wonderfully made in God's attention. God's attention is upon you. God doesn't have a problem finding you. He knows right where you are. And his attention is focused on you, but that's not the problem. The problem is this. Sometimes he can't get our attention. And these are times in which, wow, it makes it a whole lot easier for God to get our attention for us to focus on the Lord in our prayer time, that it's more than just, now lay me down to sleep. These are times that you can turn your television off and you can listen to some good worship music. Victory has a lot of it out of our worship team. There are others. And you can really put some muscle and grow. And you have enough time to read the Bible and actually talk about the Scripture and let God minister in and before you. You see, before you can experience the exceptional things in God. 
and in your life, you must believe in your God-given potential. Now, I said that way before Joel Osteen was alive. And I'll say it again. Before you can experience exceptional things in God and in life, you must believe in your God-given potential. What is it? What is it? It's God's anointing and God's call on you for such a time as this. And God doesn't make any junk. Here's something else. You have a calling. I have a calling. All of us have a place in the family of God. I was looking on Facebook the other day. I've, uh, I'm not into puzzles. Um, I, I guess I'm a boring person. I, I just, you know, but I, I saw a family the other day or in the church that had a big old table and they had the edges of a puzzle, about 1,500 pieces of a puzzle, putting it together. And they had the edges around to make that puzzle work. And I thought, my Lord. And they said, day two. I looked at that and I thought, God, now listen. I don't have the patience. I don't have the desire to sit there and try to fit. Now, now it increases your mental ability to think and whatever. But, but that, that's not my calling. And what I'm trying to tell you, God won't call you to something that he has not positioned you for and he has not worked in your life to bring you to the place of destiny. So under, understand that Exodus, when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian where he sat down by the well. So now Moses is on the run. See, here's what I know. He should have died at birth, but God had a plan. He was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter, and God's plan even involved the enemy. He was nursed by his own mother. That was a miracle in itself. He was given an Egyptian name. Not only that, he, a young Hebrew, was raised and educated in the king's palace. Who would have ever thought that this little Hebrew boy could be raised in the palace of the king? But God had a plan. And he was estranged from his own people for some 40 years. And still God had a plan because his heart never, never, his heart never embraced all the tapestry of the king's table. God had his hand on him. Now listen carefully. If you sell yourself short, you will miss a lot of wonderful things that God has for you and God desires to use you for. You see, one day he was observing the despair of his people and a young Jew boy and an Egyptian boy. They were fussing and and Moses took on himself to kill the Egyptian man. And when he did, he fled. Pharaoh found out about it, and he started to come after, come after Moses. Well, he fled and went to the well there in Midian. Well, now a well is a place of reflection, refreshment, social interaction, and common need. And he's at that well. He found, he's running, he's done something bad, 
And he's running and he goes to the well, Midian, many, 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 many miles away, out from under the hand of Pharaoh. And he sits there and he begins to evaluate his life. He begins to take a look at his future and his failure. He wonders how he got where he's at. He's 40. He wondered where he would wind up in his future. And God had a plan at that moment at the well of Midian. God gave him a divine experience. Psalms 37, 23 says, If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his step firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. He upholds him with his hand. Moses finds himself out of the palace and in a strange and unfamiliar land at 40. He doesn't know yet what his future is. He doesn't know that in another 40 years he's going to be right there. And he doesn't know at 80 what his potential is going to be. And you know what he does? Because he cannot see any of that, hasn't sought after God Jehovah. Here's what he does. He decided to live an ordinary life. He was an extraordinary man, rescued, saved, redeemed, giving privileges, and he settles for an ordinary life. And yet God said, you're an extraordinary person. Now let me suggest to you something important. Most every person I know is yet to embrace on a consistent basis their highest potential in God. I mean, growing and letting the meditation of the Holy Spirit baptize us from the inside out, that we become bastions of faith, that we begin to look at ourselves and say, God, I might think I'm just spinning my wheels now. I might think that I'm kind of captured by stay-at-home, I might think that the governor is more in charge than than what I like, but listen to me carefully. Your life is never idle. God has the ability to do something in you and with you right now, no matter what the circumstances is. Look beyond that. Look above that and say, by the grace of God, I'm going to hold tightly to God, and I'm one day going to see soon his pleasure in me. You decide your potential. Say that out there with me. You decide your potential. Here we go. You decide your potential. You see, God heard their groanings, talking about Moses' people, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and Jacob. Moses is now married. He has children, and no one has told him. No one has coached him and said, you're special and extraordinary. No one has ministered to him and said, your life has been called by God. No one had told him that God's hand had been with him through all the difficult stages of his life. Even in his failure, God used him through that. You see, God was about to capitalize even on his mistakes. You see, at 80 years of age, God shows up in a burning bush. 
And he tells Moses, remove your sandals. You're standing on holy ground. Moses could not doubt that experience. This man who had settled for ordinary, this man who had settled for mediocrity, this man who had settled just to survive, was about to hear the voice of God and see something that would change his life and his future forever. God spoke to him. Here's what I know. God desires to speak to us. And in the midst of great challenges, and when we think things are ordinary and we don't see the progress and we don't see the dream unfolding and we don't seem like the divine anointing of God is moving on us, stay, stay focused, stay in love with Jesus. Experience greater prayer, greater Bible study, and let God minister. You see, at 80, God is about to make his future far more exciting than his past. And God had not forgotten a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And nor has God forgotten his covenant with us. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way. They will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Now listen carefully. A lot of people are hurting. A lot of people need ministry. A lot of questions that need answers. Seemingly more problems than we have solutions to. But please, please promise me in your heart that you won't let God down, that you won't let the church down, because the answer to all the challenges we're facing now is Jesus Christ, and he's represented through the church, and that's you, and that's me. Amen? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you tonight we thank you for every person that that you have chosen to anoint to listen tonight i pray in the name of the lord you do something exceptional i pray that you will be an encourager through the holy spirit to some who may have tuned in tonight and they're discouraged i pray that you'll take a person who's feeling just ordinary and Put a zeal in their heart. Put a fire under them and let them believe by the power of the Holy Spirit that even though they may not see something unusual, God, there is a spirit hovering over them about to manifest himself in their life like never before. And there may be those right now that are lost and, and maybe they're just not really turned on to God. Well, God, I pray that the strong conviction of the Holy Spirit that's in their life that they feel right now tugging on their heart, that they will humble themselves and just ask you, just ask you, Lord, for forgiveness. So I'm going to ask everybody out there and just to pray with me and 
Go ahead and pray it. You can pray it out loud or just pray it in your heart. Here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I have sinned. I have made mistakes. And I have taken wrong turns. But tonight, I'm humbly asking you, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I repent of all my sins. And I am claiming your redemption in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I can tell you, you prayed that prayer and you meant it. Just be sure that you connect with us. and We want to pray for you. We want to help you. We want to give you material. We want to do everything that we can. Because you are the church. And you're anointed. And you're called. And tonight, you made a decision to fulfill your place in the family of God. I love you, everybody. God bless you. Come on, let's declare this tonight. I reach my hands to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you. You're my rock and my healer. I trust in Let's declare that tonight. I reach my hands. I reach my hands. Lord, to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock and my healer. Oh, come on, just one more time tonight. We declare, I'll be trusting no other name but the name of Jesus. I lift my hands. To the heavens, to the heavens, I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock and my healer, I trust in you. Oh, come on, if you believe that tonight, one more time, can we put our hands together? Come on, for Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Join us back this coming Sunday for our next online experience. Have an incredible night. God bless you guys.